Can everybody hear me? Yes. Hi. Hi. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Yes. So I feel like the the best thing to do maybe would just answer questions. <laughs> That's always a good start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I really have no idea. I've never done a panel by myself. So welcome to my first panel by myself. the rest of the crew and, and some writers who know considerably more than I do. Um, but yeah, my name is Erin Zek. I, uh, I'm a voice actress um, and actress, and I currently voice act for Blake Belladonna in the show Ruby and Dr. Emily Gray in Red vs. Blue. I'm out of breath and I'm a little nervous. Alright, so yeah, I don't know. Season three just happened. That was pretty intense. How could you run like that? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really pretty excited about season four because I feel like in my, in my bones that this is going to be my season. Or Blake's season, not my season. Please, forgive me. <laughs> I'm very, very excited about what they are going to do with her. Or, or what they're going to show with her, especially with, with all the new people coming in and all the old people coming back. And I think it'd be pretty nifty. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah, no hinting at anything. <laughs> Grace, Grace and Beauty. That's me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know too, too much. It's been a little odd. I've since moved from Texas to Los Angeles. So LA is now my new home. Getting into the big bad world of the film industry and and all of that, throwing myself at auditions and, and what have you. Um, but I recently got a script for something that I think everyone's going to be really excited about for Ruby. Um, that's all I really can say about that. It's, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> I think everyone will seriously love it. Like, it's exactly what needs to happen after all of the intensity, you know? Yeah. So, I open the floor for questions. <laughs> Uh, getting into the industry, how did you go about it? What were the audition processes like? What did you do? Um, for Ruby, there was a lot of luck involved. Um, I think genuinely, Monty just knew that like the girls that he wanted to use, and we just all kind of happened to have that background. Um, but it's definitely like paved the way for myself. Had I not had these credits to my name, I don't really think that going to LA um, would be quite as easy. I mean, it's not easy, obviously. It's so painfully difficult um, to like throw auditions out and not hear anything ever, but that's just how it goes for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I think it definitely has, has helped me. It's started, started my, my path towards where I want to go. Um, I think a lot of it is right place at right time. Um, obviously, talent plays a part in it, um, or else I mean, well, that's that's not entirely true. I've seen some pretty horrible actors and actresses out there, but I digress. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a lot of luck in taking every opportunity that's given to you. I mean, had I not um, met these people in college, I wouldn't have have been where I am right now. Had I not met Lindsay, had I not met Miles, had I not met really any of them, then I I wouldn't be here. I'd strive, and I'd probably be in some like weird alternate universe where I'm, I don't know in a very poor neighborhood in L.A. Um, <laughs> frightening neighborhood. Some of them are very frightening neighborhoods. You'd be surprised. 
yeah, like one street is totally fine, beautiful, great. Next one is just real shanky. And it's <laughs> I hope that answered your question. I'm going to take this off. I feel great. Okay. I have the floor. <laughs> um, can you do the leg impression? Oh my gosh. I am so like high energy right now. I can do the fishbowl one then. The what? <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, Does she even speak when the fish is handed to her? She just like, it's all yeah. facial expression. Maybe I could help. Pira! Oh, you don't have to. <laughs> what? What? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What's a good one? But, but because, she, because but she also, could. <laughs> there's also one where um, they send Y in the mail. Do you remember kind of how that one goes? See, um, whenever people ask me to say a line from Ruby after all these years, like it's been so long, like seeing a script, I just go back to the first one and it's like, it's Eris, actually. And it's just like, oh, oh, why schnee? Why schnee? Eris to the schnee dust company. Blah, 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 horrible, I hate you, wise. And now we're best friends. How dare you? We're best friends now, it's fine. I hope I, I tried. I really did. Yeah. The altitude. I'm learning that that's actually yeah. a thing. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of water. Yeah. So we're in the same. We're in the same yeah. like weird high head space yes. right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Apple juice. So explain what this is for someone that has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Explain well, Ruby. Or I said this is you know it's Ruby. I kind of got it's a it's a show. Mm -hmm. It's anime. Yeah. It's, okay. It's very strange because Where'd you find it? the internet, which is why it's strange. Um, Rooster Teeth is a, is an internet-based company. They have they are um, their claim to fame is Red versus Blue, which is the longest-running internet like web series ever of all time. If you watch that, you get that. Um, and they've they've uh, recently, as they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, they've just opened up and expanded to different um, things. And Monty, who was one of the lead animators um, on Red, Red vs. Blue, amazing like action sequences, just an amazing animator, had always had this idea for an anime. And um, so he was finally given the opportunity to do it, given the crew and, and, and all of that, and then Ruby was, was born. But what's strange, I think, for some people is that we call it an anime, but an anime in its truest form is Japanese anime, and this is an American anime. I've actually been told, like, we, we don't want to see you because you're, you're American and not Japanese. I'm like, woof, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really exciting right now, actually, because this year we've been um, um, distributed to China and Japan with Warner Brothers, and we've been dubbed into Japanese, and it's just so amazing to see, like, the span of, of this show that I honestly, honestly, in the nicest way, did not think would, would get much. Like, I just didn't. But it's it's massive, it's huge, and it's amazing. Yeah. Have you seen the big building side in Akihabara? I haven't. Do we have a billboard? <laughs> so there's like a whole side of the building. Oh my Akihabara gosh. That's so cool. Was, you know, last year. Is, it, is it super, like, Japaned out? <laughs> cool. I'm going to have to see that. I want to I wanna find that. Oof. So springboarding off that, it's an internet company, so collaboration is supremely important, mm -hmm. especially, it, but because of the internet, you can collaborate from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Will you walk through your collaboration process? Like, do you have a 
uh, super professional closet voiceover space. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually a little worried about that to be honest. Um, moving from Austin to LA, but still wanting to continue playing Blake because I love I love Blake. I I, I adore her. Um, and um, a little nervous, but we found out, I found out anyway, so it made me feel better, that one of the um, voice actresses for Red vs. Blue, who plays uh, Sheila and Yo Yolanda, I don't know, I'm the worst person ever, um, <laughs> but she's, she's from L.A., and there happen to also be spaces where you can go into a studio in L.A., so I'm actually, I'm interested in seeing how the, the studio will be, because I'm not sure how they, I, I've yet to had to to do it out there. I've always somehow managed to come back in time for some reason. Um, that's how I did the, the last season as well. But actually, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going in, um, and I've seen like a proper massive LA like voiceover studio, like Paramount and, and all of that. And it's like, oof, Universal, big, big, big little screen, super cool. And I'm used to just going into like this little box with a microphone right here, putting like my finger on my, my mouth and, and like, Miles and Carrie and, and um, the, the, the sound dude and Maggie just being like, all right, do it like this. Okay, that was good. Now do it like this. Okay, that was good. But now I don't know how I'm going to do that. I mean, maybe Skype. Maybe the people there know. Maybe I'll just screw it all up and then I have to come back in. But uh, yeah, so I, I know how the process should go, but I don't know how it will go. It'll all get sorted eventually. <laughs> Thank you. How are you, Aaron? <laughs> I'm, as you can tell from my voice, like just all of the like conventions typically put me on an energy level that I'm not used to during the year. I'm normally just the most probably boring person you'll ever meet. But then coming here and like meeting everybody, I'm just like, ah, how's this? And I start to lose my voice because this isn't where I talk. I'm normally like really down here, but I don't think I could do that right now. Well, you know, one, one of the questions I always want to ask is, you know, one of my one of my um, inspiration inspirational voice actors is the late great Tony Jay because mm -hmm. his his very strong deep British accent was just like so intimidating, gave me chills down my spine. Who who was your who was your inspiration for getting into the voice acting business? And were you did you uh, listen to a lot of the uh, the old time radio shows of the '30s and '40s? I used to listen to Lake Wobegon with my mom all the time. I love it. I still do. Like I I love it. And it, it was kind of weird seeing the the face behind the voice. So if if anything like history wise for me. Um, for, for voice acting would be like Wobblegum because I never really thought about um, characters and, and animated stuff and the voices behind the animated stuff as like people. Um, and I didn't, I, I never even thought about voice acting as a career, to be honest. I always wanted to be an actress, but I never knew that voice acting was a possibility for myself. But it kind of all made sense because I've always been that odd kid who just made voices all the time for no reason, just driving around with my mom in the car with like weird accents kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean today, now that I know more about it, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, there are a few people that I'd like to meet, like John DiMaggio, I think would be super freaking cool to meet. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe the, the, I don't know names, I'm really just the worst person ever. The, the, the girl who does Tiny Tina, I think, would be really cool to meet. I think whenever they told me that I was going to do like a psychopathic doctor, I kind of thought of Borderlands immediately. I thought of Tiny Tina, and then I thought of that um, 
Is he like a Russian doctor or something like that? I don't know who plays Borderlands. It's been a while. Yeah, no, I, if, for characters, I just kind of pinpoint other characters that I want to take something from and, and go from there. But I don't know. I've never really had, like, a big voiceover, like, idol, you know? I'm the worst. <laughs> Do you work from script then, and then they add the, the animation to your recording, or how does that work? Normally, um, in like a, in a, a proper, Rooster Teeth is kind of an interesting thing. They don't do everything the way that the rest of the world does it in terms of production. Um, but normally, you would talk over an animation, but Rooster Teeth, you talk and then they animate. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm a little nervous to try and learn how to do, like, match the mouth flaps is what they say, because I haven't had to do it yet. Um, but yeah, one of these days, it'll be very funny to try and do that. I've been lucky so far. So how exactly did you meet up with Rooster Teeth? Like, how did you hear about them? Um, and how did you end up interviewing for whatever roles you did first? Uh, I'd heard about Rooster Teeth in, like, fifth grade when season one of Red vs. Blue was out. And I'd seen the first two seasons. And I actually had the DVD and, like, saw that little thing, like if you wanted a t-shirt, you had to fill out this little thing and send it in the mail, and I was like, holy shit, that's Becca, I'm sorry, I shouldn't cuss right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. That's Becca, and it was very strange to see everybody. And then, years and years later, I had met, I lived two doors down from Miles and Kyle, um, I think that was it, yeah, and just became really good friends with them, and um, Miles started working there. And obviously he and I were dating at the time, and I was, because his life was spent there, my life essentially was spent there because that was, that was what we did. So it was, it was a lot of chance. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, and whenever I, I found out that he was working on Red vs. Blue, I was like, oh my god, this thing is still around? Jesus, how many years has it been? <laughs> it had been like 11 at that point, which is pretty redonk, if you think about it. Um, yeah, no, it, it really was just a lot of luck. I, I hate giving that answer because a lot of people want to be like, well, give me the steps to do this, and I, I really can't. But you that's know? how, like, for most people in any industry, it's like how it happens. It's like, how do you become a successful person in X industry? It's like, well, yeah. you try hard, you just happen to try to be in the right place at the right time, right? Exactly. If, if an opportunity is given to you, just take it, do it, try. If you, even if you don't think you'll do it that well, just do what you can. So you said that you're moving to that you moved to LA and everything, auditioning for stuff. Auditioning for what? Like, got any other plans outside of Ruby or even beyond Ruby or anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I get auditions for live action, like proper films, for like television pilots, stuff like that. It's um, right now I've just done an audition for the uh, the director who does all of Taylor Swift's videos is doing his own thing, and I just auditioned for that, and she was kind of a fun role. It's really interesting, like, I've never had to do a role where I just didn't really like the person that I had to play, so it's been kind of fun being like, well, if you see a script and you're trying to be this person, you have to understand everything that they're doing. Like, they don't think that they're wrong. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. They think that what everything about them is correct. So it's very interesting to kind of not like this person, not like what they're saying, but still have but to be there. you have to live through them, and it's kind of an irony to do so. It is, it's You know fun. what's going on, but you can't know what's going on while you're playing the person. Yeah, no, that's, that's what makes it so much fun, is that it's just 
constantly changing, constantly doing things that are just out of the box or something that you wouldn't have normally done. And turning off the sense of between, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Were to actually be real in you plays Blake, and you were Blake, um, what would you say to Ruby when, um, or what would you actually do to Ruby if you actually saw her explode in front of Beacon? <laughs> <laughs> if, if I was Blake, oh my gosh, that would be frightening. I'd be genuinely concerned about this poor girl who's just exploded. But I guess in anime, no one truly gets hurt unless. Yeah, well, that's not the case That's clearly not the case anymore. I'm sorry. Yay, just got shoved through the roof with a watermelon hammer. She came right, right? several minutes later. You just got them. They just like, them. all of these people just get beat to a pulp and they're fine. Whatever. <laughs> Brush it off. You're cool. Yeah. You got beat in the face by a church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I don't know. I would probably be like, oh my god, are you okay? I should turn my phone off. Jesus. Yeah. Be professional. It's a scroll. <laughs> right? That's, that's what they did. That's exactly That's what it is. Steve Jobs is forever alive. <laughs> so how do you put emotion behind your character's voice? Well, Blake was very hard. Blake was super, super hard. And I, I can't, like, I, I feel like I say this a lot, and I'm, I feel like I'm annoying. But um, because she is just so mono, she's so chill, she's just apathetic almost, um, it was very difficult to, to put emotion in her voice and not be boring and not sound flat because then I would have been one of those horrible actresses that I was talking about. Um, it was difficult. It took a lot of um, finding out, I guess, what worked the best, hearing other people, like getting to hear um, Barbara as Yang and work, like working off of Yang was really helpful. Um, yeah, no, it's it's difficult, but I, I don't... You kind of have to just imagine it. You you find the script, get the script, read the script, and it's like a book. You just imagine everything in your head, and, and some people can can work off of that, and some people can't. Um, and I was just lucky in that I could see something and, and just kind of imagine it. Because you really are just in this tiny little square lackluster box. It's just... Um, yeah, constant, like, maybe reading stories and, and recording yourself and listening back to what that could sound like, and if you believe yourself, because if you don't believe yourself, no one's going to believe you, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun for every character. I think Dr. Gray was definitely considerably easier to get into because she's just insane, and I love her. <laughs> I love her just as much, yeah. So I know a lot of times when you're talking about lines you like to say, you, you go to the Oh my god, I hate why so much when she says that. That's my favorite. It's so bad. So I was wondering if you would do that. Oh my god. I'm a victim! <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. I, I overdo it because I think it's just the most obnoxious thing that she can say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Discriminatory. Yeah. Brothers alike. Why are you aiding the scum? Stop it.
Hollywood kind of executives get more and more uh, aware of these online um, content. Uh, where do you think, because they're getting more interested in that stuff and because it's drawing more of a following, where do you think online, uh, like web, web series and online content is, is going, what do you think the future of it is? I, I honestly think there's always going to be a separation between the two. Like I know that they're, they're bringing on like, um, what's her name? Oh my goodness, Grace. Grace Helbig has her own, yeah, she's got her own show now, I think. Um, yeah, and everyone's, everyone out their mother has a book deal now, so. Um, I, I genuinely think that it will continue to remain separate, um, because as, as horrible as this is to say, when I came to LA and was like, hey, like I want to voice act on this thing, they saw the credits, and regardless of how many people see it, how, regardless of how many different countries it reaches, it means nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. The internet is really its own little bubble. And I think people are optimistic with, with wanting it to, to reach further. And it will, it obviously does. But in um, like true like Hollywood industry, there's... Don't get it, don't care, kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It it really is. I mean, internet's always going to have a place. It's it's always it's going to keep getting bigger, and there are going to people going to be people who take it and do crazy things with it. Um, but there's a difference between Shane Dawson being in a movie and Jennifer Lawrence being in a movie. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because the financial stream is not clear-cut and defined, and Hollywood yeah, needs the clear-cut defined of financial risk. That's true. There's so much, with like with what you are saying earlier with community, there's so much involvement. Like, the Laser Team movie would have never been made had it not been for the, was it the Kickstarter? There was so many things like that. The Indiegogo, thank you. The Indiegogo. Crowdfunding. Yeah, crowdfunding. <laughs> thank you. The, 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 the big terms. I don't buzzwords. <laughs> crowdfunding. Yeah. It's, there's, it's, yeah, two very different things. And I don't think one is better than the other. They're just different. And they're, yeah. Cool. Have you ever used your uh, voice acting powers for evil? White <laughs> thing. Um, once I was really sick and I sounded like a man and I pranked called someone. Do you mean like that? <laughs> like it was frightening. I couldn't talk unless I talked like all the way down here. And it, just, it was horrible. I couldn't do it now, but it was very convincingly manly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is it to hear people you know switch like into their character voices, specifically thinking of like Lindsay's regular voice and Lindsay's voice? Lindsay does that shit all the time. How does that <laughs> Lindsay's just one of those fun people that you kind of expect it from, so it's nothing weird. Um, I think maybe if Kara started doing it, it would be a little odd. But it's just personalities just being like, yeah. It's kind of funny to watch the show. When I first started, I'd never heard my voice while, while there was like stuff going on. I got distracted very easily, didn't I? Um, so it was kind of strange to just step back and, and watch it from like a normal audience's point of view and not be like, that's Kara, that's Barbara, that's Lizzie, you know? <laughs> so that was, that was interesting, and I've, I think I've gotten used to it, but I'm always just going to be one of those people who's been like, i got to know that person. I got another face. I recognize that voice. Who is that? So, yeah. What is that? Is there like a motorcycle outside? Can you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Probably the cars. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Is there a car show here? <laughs> like, like the mystery machine in the Batmobile. Oh, nifty. I saw the DeLorean in, in uh, Melbourne. That one's pretty cool. I didn't get to touch it. A lot of people did. I didn't. A little disappointing. Met Doc, though. Don't ask Barbara about it. She's not happy about it. <laughs> what is your favorite shit from Ruby? Please. Bumble really? Do you have to ask? Yeah. I, don't, I want to hear you say it, oh. and that's why I'm asking. <laughs> now I, have to, I feel like I have to say it in some kind of special way. Bumblebee! Yay! Yeah, no, I love it. I, sure, I sure. love people. People really like asking that question. People, I'm, I'm all for shipping. Do what you want. And that's totally fine. It gets a little odd when you ship like real people, but mm, to each their own. But yeah, I, I would never actually ship anything unless I truly felt that their personalities fit, that they worked together. Otherwise, you're like, this pretty person and this pretty person make pretty babies. That's just not how it works. You know? I, I like to, to think that they'd actually, like, that'd be nice. That'd be cute. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite animated shows since you are coming? Oof. It's been a while since I've watched an anime show. I've been watching so many documentaries lately, I feel like such a hipster. I just watch documentaries now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I liked Hunter Hunter in the very, very beginning. I think it's gotten a little crazy now, but that was... I haven't watched it in a long time. Just any animated shows, like uh, anime. I'm going full anime. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squid Girl's really adorable. That's not traditional, though. Um, someone recently showed me what was it? It was like a very, very old one. It was either like Akira, Ghost in the Shell, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And they showed me this little bit. It's just this parade. This like Chinese New Year parade or something like that. And it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen animated before. And I, and I wish, I think it's Akira. Animation back then, I mean, when it was all hand-drawn, was just so incredible. Yeah. I'm a hipster about that. Oh, no, totally. Absolutely. I had no idea. Because whenever you think of anime now, you think of these kind of chibi sort of things, which is totally fine. Like, everyone has, a, has their place. But it was just amazing how just detailed and colorful. That was, that was insane. Um, huh, huh, I can't think of anything. I blacked out. I really like Ruby. There's a show called Ruby. <laughs> Fan service? Yeah. Sort of called? I've never seen it, oh. but I know um, of it. In the last one, all the girls were in uh, dresses for cosplay. Ah, oh, sexy. Oh. <laughs> all the hairy, hairy men. <laughs> that company. Did they do the high heels again? Yeah. Because that was awesome. Oh, the, the, the when the answer. animators did that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was brilliant watching Austin, the like, pink-haired dude, walk around like this. <laughs> yeah. That was, and it reminds me of when I first saw when Blake walked for the first time. I was like, good gracious girl. <laughs> Calm yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it's been kind of strange. I, I, since moving, I haven't really kept up with, with what everyone is doing. Like, I see it. It's in my Twitter feed, but I don't really, like, dig deep into it. Not, not for any particular reason. It's just not where I'm feeling enough, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think from that episode of Future, we'll say everything. Really? Yeah. Is someone in a corset? All of them. Oh, my God. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> they're, they're such an odd combination of people at the company. Like, they're either, like, super bulked up, or they're just super, like, like, Werewolf Harry. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. For one, you know, uh, Gray, I think, was Kill the Kill. Oh, Gray was oh. Kill the Kill? 
Wigs. Oh, kill, kill. Kill, kill is another one. Got it. Done. I will never wear that costume, but good on you if you do. Yeah, that's a lot of confidence. Woof. No one's business. Do you have a favorite episode of anything you've done? Um, like a child. I really, as little as Blake was seen in season three, I really like the... Jen Taylor? Jen Taylor. Voices the Microsoft phones, the Windows phones. Cool was that? Cortana. Help me find something. I'm, I'd be a master chief. That's what I would do. My name would no longer be Aaron. It'd be master chief. I have to tell Siri my name something weird so that she'll pronounce Aaron right. Um, she's Australian for me. I got an Australian man navigating me. Yeah, and mine. I think it's a girl now, though. She calls me love. Aww, that's cute. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Not a question for you, Aaron. Let's do it. I am looking. I am looking to update my uh, Audible.com uh, library, and I was wondering, have you gotten into the audio book section yet? Because I, I want to hear some. I was wondering if you, if you narrated audio books, because I kind of want. I kind of want to get into that. <laughs> Funny story. My, uh, my mom is the most pushy, like, wanting to just have everything for you, pushy mother, like, you should do this, you should do this, I found this thing, you should do this, I love you, just want the best for you kind of thing. She suggested I do audiobooks, so I was like, eh, I don't know, I've never done it before, I like reading, but I don't know if I could ball up and do all the weird voices that everyone does for each character, because I'm, I don't know, I just don't do that, I get nervous and it's really silly. So I took out, like, The Hobbit and started reading it. And immediately went British, and I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> not going to happen. Um, maybe if I get better, I think that would be really cool. I'd definitely look into it. It's 
Um, you can do your, your closet in LA. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't have a closet. Okay. Oh my gosh, true story. I don't have a closet, you guys. <laughs> That's weird for someone coming from Texas where the closets are like super huge. Yep. I've got a buffer zone and then like I bought one of those target racks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say target rack. Target wrap, target wrap, clothes, clothes will muffle it. That's yeah. the biggest thing about closets. It's not, yeah. it's not about the space of the closet, it's about the clothes muffling. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've got a snowball thing and I can definitely try all that, but pretty excited about just going to a big old room and being like, you do this for me. <laughs> Send yeah. it to people. That's true. Yeah, because then you got to do the, like, the, the audio files and my, I don't, I, I muck everything up. Couldn't even tell you how many times I had to like re-upload or re-do yeah. stuff my YouTube videos. Oh my god! The only secondhand story is that you could do it in your pajamas if you do it in your house. I could do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> you totally in the world. <laughs> <laughs> would not be good. Yeah. Things would be fantastic, right? You think? I don't know what my hair is doing right now. I bought this crimper thing for the first time because I saw someone else. Oh, I should talk into the microphone. <laughs> I saw this other girl who, who used this crimpy thing. I was like, I really like your hair. She's got much longer hair than I do. Um, so I use it. So now I feel like I'm in like the 2000s or like a Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's so much, it's because we're so high, there's so much static and then just lotion no in my humidity. hair. It's insane. It's because there's no humidity. Yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just stuck to my face all day. So much hairspray. I never thought I'd put lotion in my hair, but here we are. <laughs> How do you like it here? How do I like it in Colorado? I like Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> it's going really well. Um, I've been to Colorado before when I was considerably younger. I learned that I can sleep through just about everything. Going down a mountain on a four-wheeler with my parents and just conked out. Um, but I've only ever been to Boulder. What? And Boulder's really nice. I mean, this is nice too, but I remember we're in like a weird outside clear. section. False it's alarm. fine, you guys. Is he a real person now? I feel like he's not automated. That's, That's a real person. person. Okay, I was about to say. He a little different. Do phone as well. Yeah. So you're from Austin, right? Yes. I used to live there. How do you feel about oh your streets? <laughs> I love them, and I love them especially when they're just slightly undercooked. And um, one time we went and I got, I was introduced to the ice cream sandwich that they can do. Oh my gosh. I used to be a delivery driver. For, for Tiff's Treats? Yeah. Really? Oh, my uncle gave me a gift card when I first moved to Austin. I was like, these are all the awesome things you got to do. Spider House Cafe, Tiff's Treats, Alamo. Boom, done. Is there? Yeah. It's going everywhere. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, no tip streets. You would, it would always be fun like seeing someone walk by and be like, hmm, for me? Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing I thought all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, fresh cookies? Right? Exactly. Me, right? Like, you can't ah. always say no to that. Woof. <laughs> Presley. Um, so you were wondering like kind of what it would be like since they're, um, they're, you were in California and this case is not there and you're doing voice acting. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Yeah, we Thank would you. Do, we would mute her no, handle and then helpful. we would talk about her for a couple minutes and then go back. 
Yeah, you got you got to shut the mic off so I can't hear you talking about how bad it was. <laughs> oh my God! If really, if you could just do it, uh, just better, you know. <laughs> okay, Aaron. Um, just add some pep. Just some pep. Yeah, okay. Just, yeah. just like that. Just don't kill me. <laughs> Does it ever bother you when they give you generic directions like that, and they're like, just add a little bit more life to that? <laughs> I have yet to get one of those, which is they're really nice. You're they're, very lucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the day where they're just like, just smile more. Okay, that'll make it better. Just give me a line read. Come on. Yeah, no, I've, I've yet to, to interact with, with that. They've, they've typically, yeah, just kind of described more of what they think I should be thinking and what perhaps is happening in the scene that I might have missed, that kind of thing. Yeah. It seems really collaborative. It really is. Edward, there's a lot of people doing one thing at once. And I, there's, so, in a recording session, there's one, two, three, four, five. Five people, including myself. And you'd think it would just be two, you know? But there's not. It's insane. It's kind of cool, though. Like, the amount of people who, who kind of care about what each section is doing. Like, Maggie, I don't, I don't know what Maggie does. That's a really good thing to say. Um, yeah, just having... People from all blocks of, like, maybe they'll have an animator in there. Oh, my goodness. I've had a camera pointed at my face, like a GoPro, and it was the weirdest thing ever to be like, okay, I know you've never done this before, but we're going to put a camera in your face while you're doing this. Why? The animators just want to see what your face is doing. No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. So, yeah. How many days does it take to make a bullet this out of Ruby? Oh, my gosh. Like, straight up full, like, animated voice everything? Huh. Is an episode 15 minutes? Some of them. Well, most the more recent ones are the creature. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that there are so many animators that no one is working on like one single episode at a time and it's not done in a linear fashion. It's definitely like, alright, we're going to do this big scene from back here because we want to make sure we get that in time. But if I could guess, maybe a week, two weeks? I don't know. I don't want to undervalue it, and I don't want to overvalue it, you know? But um, recording doesn't take very long for the whole season. A couple hours, though. So you mentioned to me earlier that you actually sing. What do you like to sing? What other kind of music do you like? <sighs> then, um, and <laughs> I get really like anxious when people talk about me singing. I don't know why, because I haven't done it in a while. But I'm, No, you're totally fine. Totally, totally fine. Um, in Red vs. Blue, I sing opera. Not well, but I sing it. Um, I really like more jazzy kind of mamas and papas, or maybe something like Imogen Heap, Virginia Spector, um, Lana Del Rey, just kind of the lower register, less poppy kind of things. Why do I think of a pop star? Be a soprano. <laughs> I am a soprano, so it sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, because the episodes are, you know, they're shorter than Yeah, I know they really, really struggled with it for for Ruby because they, yeah, they, they weren't used to doing something like that. Um, I think they think about the whole picture because 
in, in reality, it's like the length of a full-length movie. It's, it's just a movie. You can watch it in one right. sitting and be totally fine, but they chop it up because it is just like short attention span internet thing. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people get frustrated because in some episodes, not a lot happens. It just right. doesn't happen. They try to make stuff happen, but it just doesn't. So they go full idea and then chop it up into what they think could be like reasonable segments. That kind of thing. Yeah. That's why some episodes are like seven minutes long and some of them are like 13. Right. It, it was just all over the board. I think they've got a better handle of it now, um, I'd like to think. Um, but yeah, just yeah. whole picture and then yeah, talk about Oh, cool, cool. Um, and I'm working on an orphan black spec right now. Oh, nice. Um, That'd be interesting. It's... It's a clones right now. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, it's a great um, show. I love yeah, it. No yeah, spoilers. Like, I've only seen, like, five episodes. No, I want to, but the, just the, with the commercial breaks and the... So, it, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to figure out that Yeah, point. breaking up, like, cliffhangers yeah. and, before and the commercial. And TV dramas have four acts sometimes, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's nice though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first, like on Netflix, Ruby is like each it's season the whole is a thing. block, right? So mm -hmm. hour, right. Hour and, and fifteen have... minutes, and then two hours for the second season. Yeah. And it's a cool way to watch it. Yeah. 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 I, I, whenever I was in it, I wouldn't watch the episodes until everything was out, so it's I could cool. just sit down. I mean, it's a good way. To, it's yeah. Good way. I was gonna ask how, how much are the uh, characters in Ruby models or the voice actors? Because sometimes it seems like there's a lot of. Similarities it's ridiculous, it isn't it? Like with yeah. What, um, were you cast before the character design was done? Um, I yes. Assume they, they knew you were going to do Blake when they drew Blake. Um, they, well, kind of. I think the four main girls is a little different than everyone else because obviously Meg doesn't look like Neon or Neo and what's her name? The skateboarder chick, you know? That's Meg, right? Weird. Um, but um, it's kind of odd how the, the four girls look like us. But we did, to be fair, get to, like, Monty came up with us with, like, spec ideas. Like, she could look like this, she could wear this, her hair could be like that, and we would be like, no, we want this. So I think all of us kind of have this idealistic of what we want to look like, and just did that. So that's what I'm doing, growing my hair up, going to be Blake. Yeah. You all cosplayed our son, right? We did. Uh, Anna Holland, Matt's wife, made our, our uh, costumes for RTX last year. That was a lot of fun. It was really interesting. And they had the... the Weapons and and gamble shirt and all that. Oh my gosh, can I see it? <laughs> That's so cool. Did you create like that three D printed or is it wood or? It's practical. Oh, fun! I never use that. A lot of people do. It's supposed to be really not fun to use, but like does. I don't know anything about cosplaying. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. My idea of cosplay is like Halloween. I was hipster Ariel, and that's cosplay. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was just wondering, um, since obviously, like, Mike Journey has her own blog channel and everything, uh -huh. um, have you been interested in maybe starting your own blog channel, or have you, do you have a blog channel? I used to. Um, since moving from um, Austin, I kind of just shut a lot of things down. Um, I realized that my main focus wasn't on this kind of the internet bubble we were talking about and more on like the mainstream television film and, and, and stuff like that and I felt that it would be easier for myself and for um, I guess fans or, or people viewing me to view me as whatever character I was doing and I couldn't do that if I've got a video of me and my dog opening a box. That kind of thing. <laughs> 
I miss watching them. He's such a cutie. But yeah, no, I, I definitely just popped all that down. But yeah, that's what I did. Um, which of the three volumes was your favorite of Ruby? Volume three. Yeah. Yeah. I think the they finally figured it out. Figured out what would make it look best. Yeah, the production quality. Yeah. And obviously they had all of these sets already made, and so they could just adjust it to make it look better. So instead of building from the ground up, they've already got this thing that they can just add to. Yeah. yeah. Also, will you be at RTX? I'm not sure. I'm hoping to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost not in my hands, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. So I'm looking at Valium. Who's your favorite new character or weapon? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't... I watched it so quickly, I don't remember all of their names, but I like that, like, Tybo chick. Obviously it's not Tybo, that's very ignorant of me to say, but the, the one chick with, like, the spiky hair and the, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the sleeves. Yeah, 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 yeah. With sleeves. That and Meg's character is pretty nifty, too. She's fun. Um, so, I know a lot of, uh, when it comes to film, like, a lot of people wear a lot of different hats at once, right? Like, you'll have a writer and director and you have any interest in doing, um, taking on different, like wearing different hats outside of voice acting or outside of acting? Um, honestly, no, not at this point in my career. Um, I don't think I'm all that great of a writer, even though that's what I went to school for. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've got the eye of a director. Um, yeah, maybe in the future, maybe when I get more into it and when I have more, more I guess deeper feelings for everything instead of just wanting to to get back into it on a, as it is. Um, yeah, not currently. Do you, do you have a dream role, like a book that you would want to adapt, mm. or is there is there one part that you really want to play someday? Artemis in Ready Player One, but I think she's already been cast. She has. Boom. I want to see who it is and be like, I could have done better. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a yeah. good call. I can definitely see that. Yeah. No, when I read the book, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm doing this now. Please don't have been casted. And lo and behold, it was an actual actress. An <laughs> actual <laughs> So um, recently, there was this uh, D'Angelo spoof that was let out by Rooster Teeth. I have no idea what oh, D'Angelo is. It. What's okay, D'Angelo? Yeah. Someone told me. Someone said that to me it's, it's yesterday. It's like a really sweaty music video. <laughs> Now the two characters I play are a very melodramatic cat lady and then a very psychotic doctor, so I feel like it's a little easy to do that. Um, eventually, I, I kind of actually recently came across this thing where a character was just so much like me that I really wasn't sure how to act it yeah. and not just be realistic. Um, and that's just how it ended up going, just trying to be as real as you could. Um, and if you are, then the, the minor characteristics that are, that are different from one character to another will just 
show on their own, so you just have to be truthful to this character. Yeah. Five minutes. <laughs> so have you ever uh, uh, wanted to work with uh, Matt Groening or Seth MacFarlane? <laughs> um, I think it'd be funny. <laughs> they all have access, obviously, to really entertaining shows, and I'd love to be in a booth with John DiMaggio, which we spoke about earlier. I'd, oh my god, I'd probably poo myself if I was in a booth with John DiMaggio. Um, yeah, maybe more more Futurama, that would be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, I, I would totally... Yes, please. Who would say no to that? Hey, do you want to be in this thing that everyone loves and I'm amazing? Nah. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah, the internet. Um, so you mentioned uh, liking to listen to like old audio things. Have you ever listened to Mel Brooks? Like the old stuff? If I heard the song, I would probably say yes. But once again, I'm horrible at names. Uh, so... No, Oh, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks. Yeah. Okay. Did he do audio stuff? Yeah, I used mm -hmm. to listen to it all the time. It's oh. really funny stuff. So like stand-up comedy kind of thing. Yeah, uh, there's one called 2,000-year-old man. Oh, oh yeah. I probably heard it on Siri. That sounds... Technology. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to. Uh, so for some longer-running shows, I noticed that sometimes the voices have a tendency to kind of drift one way or the other. They kind of change over time. Mm -hmm. um, do you notice any of that happening, and is there a way to, to stop that from happening? Or is that just kind of part of the natural uh, growth of the character throughout the series? Um, I think you can spin it any way that you want. Like, if you know as an actor you're either getting better or you're failing, you could just be like, my character's changing. Which is such a cop-out thing to do. But, um, um, I don't know. I, I, I know that I've gotten better. I know listening to Blake, she's definitely changed, but I could chalk that up to Blake like becoming more open with her friends and, and being more true to herself kind of thing. But I, I guess I've never really experienced or, or seen someone change their voice as a show progresses. Personally, what are your thoughts on Adam Torres? <laughs> He's a duckhead. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I say that for the character? Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, yeah. My love. What? <laughs> He's creepy. Very he creepy. Is. He is. Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in because Garrett, the, the voice actor for for him, is also in California. So maybe he and I could sit down and, and work off each other or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's He's really creepy. <laughs> I remember them, them talking about like what was going to happen at the end of this season and what he was going to say and how they wanted it to feel. And I was like, oh my god, this is a children's show, you guys. <laughs> Calm down. Goodness gracious. And I even have a disclaimer. Have you ever had to have a disclaimer suddenly in the middle of a, like, a show? Season three. Not for you anymore. That's how Harry Potter went. That's true, but I yeah. feel like Harry Potter grew up with me, so I, yeah, that's, that's not an excuse, but um, yeah, as we got older, they got older, and more mature, and danger, and all of that, yeah. Harry Potter's pretty intense, if you really think about it. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I feel things about Harry Potter. <laughs> Deep-seated. Yeah. Nice.
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm super excited for Harry Potter to open up in LA. April 7th. <laughs> yeah. The real reason. I've only got one hand, and this one makes funny noises if I move it too much. <laughs> this is my entertainment point now. I'm really bad at keeping this in my face. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm rapping. There's, yeah. I mean, I'm around. And it's, I'm a, I, got a, I got a table, and it's got my name on it. How exciting is that? I'm not used to that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys all for, for staying here.
So, my name is Greg. Hello, Greg. How are you doing today? Um, what do you find fascinating about science fiction? What, um, in a way that, that makes you drive one of you to go like into five? Really, I'm a character actress, um, and there are some wonderful roles out there in <coughs> drama, um, but they are more normal, and um, something just a bit abnormal about me. <laughs> um, no, I, I really like big characters, and I like it when the stakes are really high. And in sci-fi, it's usually you know you're usually kind of trying to save the world um, or destroy the world in the case of H.G. Wells. Um, and, you know, the stakes are very high, it's life or death, it's good or bad, it's... You feel like perfect with death, right? A lot, of, a lot of depth and, and, and kind of big themes. Um, you know, I, I, I did feel as though, you know, in, in kind of, you know, Greek, you know, drama and Shakespearean drama, themes were very, and mythology, the themes... Were, were very big, and there's a lot of mythology in science fiction. That I think, uh, I think that's what I think that's what we're all drawn to, right? These big themes and mythological kind of um, problems to deal with. It's the big story, it's the big Live their lives from a place of fear. 
and, and, and I sympathise with that. I've got compassion for them for that. You know, because I've felt a lot of fear in my life, um, and it's horrible. Um, but yeah, they make some pretty bad decisions, and they're some pretty bad women. <laughs>
cat. My question is my new favorite question for people with lovely resumes in the sci-fi fantasy world. If you could be one of your characters in this reality and you got to keep all their perks and quirks, which one would you choose to live as today? But then, on the flip side, if you had to be you in one of your realities that you acted in, which one would you choose to live in? mind-boggling and complicated, <laughs> but good, too. Um, so, what powers, really? Yeah, if you have powers, you get to keep them in the big in our reality. I mean, I didn't really have deep powers. I remember in, in Defiance, I was like, at the beginning of Defiance, I was like, Kevin was a producer and writer and showrunner. I was like, Kevin, like, can't she just, like, make shit happen with her eyes? I mean, she's an alien. Like, why is she to humans, like, oh, she just be like, and like mind control, and you'd be like, no. <laughs> Weird. Like, why would she have the same powers as us? So, like, I'm not sure Darth Vader wouldn't do well if he like suddenly walked through her. Yeah. Well, you know, like, the yeah. character that thought would really come in and just take over our reality, and it'd be really hard to do. Well, I mean. Really, it's between HG and Sturmer there, isn't it? I mean, Lila was just batty. I mean, she'd be kind of fun for a, for a night. Um, <laughs> but um, Gaia was, was fun and amazing, but she didn't really have any pals. Um, yeah, I suppose it's got... <laughs> I suppose it's got to be HG world, isn't it? Because she's just so smart, and she, she knows so much more than I do. Um, you know, as long as we some therapy just to get rid of some of her issues. I think she translated quite well. Maybe give her a few kind of MacBook lessons. She'd be okay. Um, I think that if I went back, I mean, you don't really want to go back to the clients, do you? I mean, it's a hard, hard place to live. The clients are tricky question. No. Usually, all these worlds are really places you want to go I mean, there. I mean, if I was just like wanting a difference, maybe ancient Rome would be. I was rich. Yeah. And then I'm a woman, so not really. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, maybe Lila from Dexter. I mean, at least she's in Miami. It's yeah. sunny. What's in a TV show called uh, Hustle? Um, London, which is based in London, and she was a con artist. So she had some skills too. But now I can actually well. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. Good question. Hi, my name is Kate. Hi, Kate. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, I first of all wanted to thank you as a, I work somewhat back and forth behind the scenes in the movie uh, theater industry. It's nice to see a strong woman be successful. Uh, thank you for that. Um, the second question I have for you, since I knew history, what would you cosplay in history? Because some famous movie stars go out into conventions to try to hide a cosplay. Oh yeah. So what what would you cosplay to hide? Now you reveal it now, and we'll all be looking for it. But you know, what would you do if you could? You wear a lot of makeup usually. Yeah, in history. In, out of history, or your favorite fanboy or girl player? Oh, what you? I'm so confused. So so somebody I've seen. Well, if you were to go out into this convention and oh, yeah. not want to be recognized, what oh. costume would you wear? You're obviously kind of smart to go to Stama, wouldn't it? That would really <laughs> mess with people's 
I'm sure there would be a wig involved. <laughs> I do like steampunk as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I actually go to this festival called Burning Man. I've ah, yeah, been Joanne and I would lose our minds 
and we'd be doing a scene and kind of forget what you're doing and like the ceiling is meant to be coming down or anything and you're like, you know, you, you're asking the other actors, you know, it's like, yeah, how scared are you right now? Because you're miming the whole thing. So you have to really trust the visual effects are going to be good, which they sometimes are, sometimes aren't, <laughs> and that your other actors are imagining the same thing as you. And so we would often dissolve into overtired, hysterical giggles. And then Eddie would fart. <laughs> so that was like the height of it. It wasn't like Crank's Mill, or maybe I wasn't there for those days. Like those, like, those guys worked like, you know, more days than I did, obviously. But, um, but yeah, we, there was a very good energy, good spirit. There's a lot of love on that set. However, it is like a family. Like, Soul will kind of tell Eddie to shut up and behave, and you know, Jack Kenny, the producer, will shout at Eddie. <laughs> and basically, everybody shouts at Eddie <laughs> um, and, um, to behave. <laughs> but that doesn't shock me. No, he's, he's, but, we, but we all, like, genuinely, everyone really like, loves each other and plays with each other. And, yeah. it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a really good dysfunctional family. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, I'm Haley. Hi, Haley. Um, my question was, uh, what was your favorite and least favorite scenes that you did in Defiance and in Grandma's 13? It's funny because it, like, sometimes your favorite scene, your, your, your least favorite scene will end up being your favorite scene. After, it's a little bit like having a child. Um, I've never had one, but apparently it's been a great Like it's like painful at the time, so you know those bath scenes um, could be painful at the time, and also just like you're tired and you don't really want to be naked in front of thirty of your best friends who are all fully clothed, and it's just weird how a way you cut it. Um, but then you know you see it afterwards, and like all the pain of it is forgotten, and, and all you can see is like. The weird, wonderful awesomeness of it, um, and I love that how violent that scene was um, in the set of the end. It wasn't the end. Yeah, in the second season, when they tacked on time and there was all that drowning. That was another like we filmed in that scene at like four o'clock in the morning, and so at the time it was like a bit hellish. I remember coming back up from the water after I'd been dumped down for like the sixth time, and you know, I had to go over to the side of the bath and kind of do these kind of angry fighting for my life in pants. Um, and, um, and the camera man was like, what? And the, and the contact lens had kind of swiveled back into the back of my eyeball. So I had one black eye and one, and one lilac eye. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try again. But then I saw it, and, and it was like, what's it mean? <laughs> so um, I, think, I think usually the ones that are the most painful to shoot end up being your favorite ones in the end. Um, I, I did love any scene with Daytag. Uh, Tony is just a wonderful, wonderful actor. We had great chemistry. Um, there was a lot of freedom in the way that we worked with each other. And, uh, and our char characters just had such a weird relationship that we just couldn't play with that relationship. It just it didn't get boring. Um, the worst scenes for me are often the easiest ones. They're the ones where I'm just giving information or sitting in the background of the bed, um, weaving. <laughs> uh, 
and, and those ones I find that when I'm bored, I'm not, I'm not a good person. When I'm bored. So, uh, so yeah, those are my worst ones, and then my best ones are the most difficult ones that end up being the most amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Joan and I, and I were doing and thinking people may or may not pick up on it. 
you picked up on it, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, there was actually a scene uh, when I came back for the last season where she comes up, to come, she comes to meet me, and I'm living with a guy and, and like making a new life, and I was like, Jack, was the writer. I was like, well, that would be right. <laughs> what are you thinking? So I was like, I, I was pushing for the scene to be rewritten, and it wasn't. And I was pushing for it, but it was essentially a scene which was meant to um, propel the story forward, which I always get those scenes. It's not about me, I've no real interest in the scene. <laughs> Exposition. <laughs> um, so, um, so luckily he actually got sick that day and he went home. <laughs> and then um, Michael, uh, uh, Joanne and I played all the subtext that we could in that scene, just to kind of, in a place that we thought that kind of gave it some, you know, closure or re recognized what we've been playing for the last four years. Never ask an actor that question. It's actually a really busy time in LA right now, and I'm, I'm casting all over the place. Um, in fact, I wanted to stay in Colorado and go to Boulder. Um, um, I've never been here before, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful state. But I, I'm going to have to do that in another trip because um, I'm going back on Sunday night to make the casting on Monday morning. Um, I think that there's something that, that I might be able to tweet about in the next week, which will make um, a, a large portion of my fans very, very happy. Um, but right now, I can't say it just in case it doesn't happen. And I'll, I'll be glad I jinxed it. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Hi. So pretty. Thank you. Um, you have a really cool experience on your resume that doesn't happen very often in that you and Julie Benz um, were in two shows and had really complicated roles with dramatic tension and conflict. How did you approach moving from Dexter to the clients with her as a partner um, in your scenes and um, well, I, the first season of Clients, I didn't really have any um, scenes with uh, Julie, or did I? I had, maybe I had a scene in the street of Clients in the first season. But um, I was, I, I actually, friendly with Kevin, and um, when they were casting it, I'd already cast the star mark, and I was like, you know, Julie Benson is so great for the man. And he was like, oh, I don't know if we, I don't know if we can get her. And I was like, well, I'll have a word. <laughs> and I was saying to Julie, Julie, really great for the role in Amanda. She'd be like, well, they haven't asked to see me. <laughs> so I was almost like, like the girl at school who's like trying to get people so together. It's kind of like being stuck. Yes, exactly. I basically manipulated her <laughs> and Kevin into being in that role. So I was over, over the moon. Um, that she got the role, just because also, well, first of all, she's a brilliant actress, um, and I thought I'd have a chance to work with her, and then I didn't. Um, uh, I didn't work with her really, and um, we had one scene in Dexter um, that we worked together, and then we didn't really work together in Defiance until um, we had all that trauma um, over playing her sister. <laughs> I mean, like, it was like yonks ago, and she's still upset about it. <laughs> Get over it, move on. Now. 
Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was actually um, those scenes were quite traumatic, um, just because you like you know you're really in it, and also I was chained to my husband, which didn't help. Um, but uh, but no, it was fun. I really loved the way those scenes came out. And she's an amazing actress, and it was lovely to have a friend up there with me in those first years um, up in Toronto, because you know you're a long way away and in another country and uh, another time zone uh, in the snow. Uh, so it was, it was good to have somebody to you know, have a glass of wine with and go to a skin class with and kind of take the whole thing apart with. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Oh, I guess it's me. Yes, hello. <laughs> hello, Jamie. My name is Russ. I remember you playing uh, Ruth Ketter in, in the, the Poirot series, which I grew up watching. Oh my goodness. I, I got dazed. So, <laughs> I got killed in that as well. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin it for anyone. <laughs> that was about 15 years ago. <laughs> so, what I wanted to know is, if you were to be cast in a western, what kind of character would you want to play? Because personally, I see you as a gunslinger. No, I'd just so much rather be a whore. <laughs> Maybe if I did a British accent, or maybe a British comedy. Um, 
Okay, I wouldn't have to concentrate so well. No, I like comedy. I like comedy a lot. souls you have. I always sit there thinking of the best question, but it's better than anyone else's question. And I sit there debating the whole time that I'm sitting, shall I get up, shall I get up, shall I get up? And then at the end I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up, and the whole thing's over. <laughs> so well done for getting up. Given to you by the costume designers 
creativity and ideas. And often the costume designer at the beginning hasn't made concrete ideas. She's got a number of ideas, same with you, between the two of you. It's a real collaboration approach the right way. And luckily I've worked with really collaborative uh, costume designers. Um, so uh, I loved the costumes that I wore on HG. And they evolved as well um, from the first season to the last season. Of course, they, 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 were, they, were, they were both of us, but uh, you know, it, it, like you're really, when, when you're acting and it's good, um, you're really playing. So yeah, I was playing with the costume designers and out of that play came what we ended up wearing. Um, and I often take pictures and um, I have a Pinterest board um, and I'll, especially on the clients, I don't think I had Pinterest when I did um, HG Wells. But I was, I was forwarding the director and the costume designer Pinterest boards. I've got an alien Pinterest board. Um, and I was just sending them meals of ideas. And, um, also, it's, you have to be creative because you're working within a budget as well. Uh, you're playing an alien budget. Um, and you can't go to Walmart for that. Um, so yeah, it was really creative, really fun, really a very valuable part of my process. Got a lot to thank those costume designers for. Love, I mean, Simonetta, who makes um, my costumes like my aunt's, is, I mean, she's just a genius. And um, I would actually, you know, for the third season, I just kind of die hang out with her in her office. And I take her ideas to other characters, don't tell them that. It's probably one like that if they're in a really uncomfortable costume, which is my fault. Or I would, I would take the pictures of stuff that I'd seen, and she like, oh, I can't, we can't do that because I actually did something. Or I'd be in a vintage market and I'd buy something for summer and, and then bring it in. And so it was really, really fun. Yeah, she's wonderful. Oh, hello. So representing now. Yeah. Um, I had a question about whether or not you have any interesting stories such as the one Tony Curran told us about going to the club to watch a game dressed as Day Tech Tars and then you kind of get out of costume. I, I, you know, I, I would sometimes walk the dog dressed as Summer, um, and I'd be completely dressed as Summer, and, and, and it would be snowing, and so I'd be wearing like big Ugg boots, and then like my Summer um, dress so that it didn't get muddy, like, like all bunched up, up, up like this a big overcoat, and, I, and my dog is a, a small white dog. So I, I kind of, and sometimes it would be in the snow as well. So I, I kind of, I, by, the time, by the time I kind of got down to, you know, where she decided to eventually do a pee, I kind of get kind of cars slowing down, and kind of probably wondering, we weren't in the best part of town actually, that, that studio, so they were probably thinking that I was, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> you know, I was a pretty strange person. Oh, there was one time in the, the beginning of the third scene. I didn't really go anywhere. The thing is about Tony is he's a Scots and he likes football and beer. So the, the fact was when he had some time off, he was probably enraged that he wasn't allowed to leave, you know, get out of hair and makeup. So he was just like, I can't do it. Though. I can't do it. Though. <laughs> he was just like, I'm going to go anyway. So, um, but. For me, um, 
Of course. Oh yeah, no. Okay, so we were um, we we were filming. We're in that really thick snow in the beginning of the uh, third season, and I think it was our first day back. And when you come back for the first day, a film set is a really large amount of people. It's probably um, the people that go into creative clients is probably that third of the room to the wall, like all those people, like probably more than that. But so every year. By the third season, there are a lot of faces that come back. Um, if you're lucky enough, if they're not working, um, and you like always hoping that Tom's going to come back or Danielle or one of your like favorite favorite people, and usually they do, but sometimes they get another job. And sometimes there are new faces. So we were we asked where the loo was, and we were walking up to the loo in the snow, and um, we were we were filming out in the woods, and um, this guy came walking towards us, and we we thought he was just like part of our crew, so we were just like. Completely made up in that like massive coat and everything. And the guy was just like getting closer and closer and I said, I don't know if he's one of ours. And he was just a guy on a mic. And he, I don't know if he even knew that there was filming happening, but like he's out in this thick snow and suddenly these two white people just came. Like at some point I wonder if there was a moment where he was like, oh, aliens! <laughs> took pictures of us, actually, I'll show you guys later if you come to the table, I'll somewhere. It was actually um, my Instagram there, because it was like one of the most amazing pictures of, of daytime and summer, and it's bright, like snowy sunlight, but he took a picture of Come on then, anyone else? Or do you want to go for a cup of tea now? <laughs> we're uh, we're going to end it right there, so we can get you on your way. But uh, everybody, thank uh, Ms. Murray for being here. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like D20 Proof, Knapsack Comedy, and Mr. Right. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.